Welcome to the Dangerous Love Podcast. On this podcast, you will get to experience all of the ups, the downs, and everything in between of the dangers of falling in love. Your host will play detective and take a deep dive into crime cases involving couples in love. You will get to see how love will have you at the top of the mountain and feeling invincible when things are good, and also how it will have you at the bottom of the valley when things are bad. Love will take you to many different amazing places. However, it can take you to the worst places on earth. And hell, it can even kill you. Welcome to the Dangerous Love Podcast. Finally getting the first official episode after, uh, I think it's exactly one month wait. We, uh, we, we launched it on September 6th, oh, yeah. so you're going to get the first episode on September 6th, and uh, October 6th, October 6th, I'm sorry, <laughs> and uh, we're here. I'm your host, Joey, here with the lovely <laughs> Ness, as we call her, and we are the Dangerous Love Podcast. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of a back story or how we going to... Uh, run this podcast being it's the first episode and it's the first time you're listening to an official episode. So basically, I'm going to read a summary of a crime case that involves couples that were in love. Um, Then we'll basically go back to the beginning of the suspects or the victim and kind of explain, you know, their life and how we think that they got to the point that they got to, to where, um, you know, it was love or if it was love and how we got to the point of uh, where... It got dangerous. So let's jump right in. So Donna Roberts and Robert Fingerhut were married in 1983. They were divorced shortly after. However, they continued to live together and remained in an open relationship. It's reported they stayed uh, together for business purposes. They ran a couple of Avis rental franchises. They also had a Greyhound bus station at one point, And they owned a restaurant called Just a Ticket. Donna was working at a restaurant where she met a younger man, Nathaniel Jackson. Obviously, the name like Nathaniel Jackson, this is a brother. (laughs) (laughs) He was 29 years old. At the time, she was 57. So we all know she she, uh, a little cougar. Midlife crisis. Yeah, yeah. She was going through a midlife crisis. So um, Jackson was actually out of out of jail on parole. As expected, Jackson would violate his parole and land himself back in jail. Oddly, while in jail, his relationship with Roberts grew stronger. They would write long, nasty sexual letters. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking about that coming from a 57-year-old woman. That's, yeah, yeah. that's dried up. Um, and they was dried up. <laughs> and they would speak on the phone frequently. During that time, in what is reported to be hundreds of letters... Jackson wrote to Roberts, don't worry about the little problem. Speaking of Robert Fingerhut, um, Donna's ex-husband, I'll take care of it as soon as I'm released. Fingerhut had taken out two life insurance policies on himself, as which Roberts was the beneficiary. It's reported they, the, the insurance policies were about $550,000. It's reported that Roberts had wanted the money for her and Jackson to run away after the ex-husband was, was killed by Jackson. Two nights after the release, Jackson entered the Robert Fingerhut home and shot Fingerhut dead. Donna made the call hysterical and um, made the 911 call. And she had lied in her statement 
saying that the murder could have been committed by her ex-husband's gay lover. <laughs> so that's the so that's the the summary of of what is a very interesting um I guess interesting is a good word for it. It's a lot going on here. So let's go back to the beginning uh, <laughs> with Miss Donna. Mm-mm. So Donna, who seems to be what I would call hot in the ass or fast or you can't or, call her that. You can't call her that. <laughs> why? Not? Why not? Are you calling her that? Why? Well, she's she's on her third husband. Well. Sometimes they don't just don't work out. Okay. All right. So let's go back to <laughs> let's go back to, to where Donna started marrying men when she was twenty. When 20. she was yeah, she married her first husband William Raymond and moved to Miami. This was in nineteen sixty six. While in Miami, she was a plastic surgeon. Um, and and I have her picture up here. Let's see if Does it she looks, look good? Let's see if it looks like she's had some work done. <laughs> uh, look like her eyebrows may have been lifted. Oh, mm. Maybe some cheekbones. Yeah, something. <laughs> she had something done. Maybe so, she uh that's where she got inspired by her own face. Yeah. So she she did um how long was she in Florida for? I mean, it definitely says she was in Florida until well, last her, husband. Yeah, so. her and William divorced in 1971. So she was married to the first husband for five years. There was a son, Michael Raymond, um, born in 1969. So then she got married. So 71, divorced. Then she married her second husband, Burton Gilfrand, which, mm. what the hell? Gilfan. 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 <laughs> <laughs> in 1972 and later divorced him in 1980 so she had a five year bid and she had an eight year bid sometime in there she converted to Judaism I'm not sure what was her religion prior to becoming a Jew but she became a Jew she maybe it's because Jew- she was making so much damn money what <laughs> what's that gotta do <laughs> so she was a Jewish plastic surgeon in Miami that's that's kind of a good life yeah she was living she was living it up she was living it up. So, hmm. in 1980, she divorced second husband, Gil Fan. Then she met Fingerhut, Robert Fingerhut, in 1980. They married and bought a home in Miami in 1983. Later sold it, moved to Richmond for a couple years. And then, um, in 1994, Robert... Which is where Roberts is from. They moved back to Youngstown, Ohio. So this is 94. They're living in, in Ohio. I'm assuming that it says that. Being that they went back to Youngstown. That it was Roberts money. She was a plastic surgeon. So she's probably the one that was paid. Maybe. I mean we don't really know his back history. So yeah, you know it doesn't say what he did. If prior. he had money. But he had a $550,000 life insurance policy. So he obviously thought himself worthy of something. So yeah. Either way, they moved back. Yeah, they didn't care about living in Miami anymore. Right, and and maybe he did have some money because it seems they purchased two, at least they ran two Avis car rental franchises when they got back to Youngstown. Mm-hmm. For a couple years, they ran a bus stop, I mean a, a a Greyhound bus terminal, 
and then they bought a restaurant called Just a Ticket. So they were they were they were living a pretty good life. Yeah, they took a turn. Yeah, they, they they were living a pretty good life. So, so you know these these are people at this point in ninth in the nineties, plastic surgeons owning restaurants, probably doing pretty good. They're in their fifties. One kid. One kid, mm-hmm. not even theirs. Kids from the second marriage. First marriage. Yeah. So. Yeah. Who knows who this kid is? Right. They're fifty some years old. They sound like they have, you know, at least a middle class lifestyle. Where did it go wrong? Did it go wrong when Roberts met Jackson at the restaurant? So, I mean, at, at this point, it's saying, you know, that they divorced and then stayed, but they stayed engaged with each other. Right. So something, something happened. They got divorced. They wasn't, they weren't feeling the marriage anymore, right. but they didn't hate each other. But it says, yeah, it says an open marriage. So does that mean that they were still... They were still humping each other, and then open it was open, yeah. open relationships. So where it was like, all right, if if I strike out tonight and you strike out and we're home, boom, we just we just do. What I'm we not do. living with no man if I'm not sleeping with him. So they gotta be. So they so they yeah. so they home. Like I'm not living with my ex. Right. That's weird. So they humping. So but then Roberts finds this young. Tenderoni. <laughs> young John. Young John. Mr. Nathaniel. Probably called him Nate. Um, at the restaurant. And do you think she comes on to him or he comes on to her? Probably Nate came on to her. Young men, 29 years old, they love an old woman. They love them. Do you think that he kind of seen... What she was, young young Nathaniel, looks like he's from a a rougher neighborhood than Youngstown, Ohio. I don't think he knew anything about her. I don't think it was that. So how do you think he approached her? How do you think that un- unfolded? She's 57, he's 29. Come here, old lady. What's up? I'm going to give you some of this <laughs> make you feel young again type vibe. No, or... I mean, who knows? I mean, how does anybody who's 29 get with a 57-year-old? It happens every day, though. Does it? <laughs> That happens every day. Because I'm 32, and, and when I was 29, I don't think that I would have been like, oh, 57, Donna. Because you're the old one. <laughs> oh, because I, okay, I get it. Touche. See? We got 40 year old Joey here. Touche. Touche. And lovely 24 year old yeah, Ness. The lovely Ness is much younger than me for, you for all of our listeners. Um, so we think we think Jackson comes on to to Donna. So what what's his if you say Jackson comes on to Donna, what's his motive? What's his motive behind I think like I'm Donna? I'm keeping it real simple. I'm not trying to be complex about this at all. I think he's coming in there. Somehow he meets her. He's 29. He's throwing the dice, see what he can get and they start a relationship. I don't think it's anything I don't know if there's any motive. We have nothing to even believe there's a motive off of anything besides they started a relationship. And he was out on parole. He was out on parole. He was probably trying to get anything. I think he's seen a vulnerable... So you got to remember. She's Why is she in, vulnerable? She's not vulnerable. She's in, a, she's in an open relationship. So she could have been... We don't know that, that Nathaniel was the first... You know, just like... She's in an open relationship. She can bring any man home she wants. Have a, have a good night. All right, well... 
And maybe Nate. That's besides maybe, maybe Nate. Nate looked like that's besides the point. Nate looked like he ain't had nowhere to sleep. So maybe Nate was like, "All right, I'm gonna give her everything I, I got." I know. I think Nate was in jail, and he right, was like, "I'm trying I'm to get some pussy for once. I'm out." Oh, you think Nate? Was yeah, his I just think out. I just think Nate was out trying to get it where he put, could get it. And she put that old snack on him and had him messed up. Oh, don't call it that. Don't say. It. She <laughs> put that snap back on him. Either way. Oh, we're we're way too stuck on how they got involved. I just wanna, where it goes. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to get to to what actually happened here. What happened was no matter how it happened, they got involved and they fell in love. So do you think they actually fell in love? <sighs> the old John probably fell in love because Nate was Nate needed somewhere to sleep. He probably made her Nate feel young. Money. So you so do you think all right, he's a parolee? He's a parolee. He goes he they meet. They fall in love or whatever, and then he violates. So obviously, she's writing letters. She's talking to him on the phone all the time. She seems to be the financially stable one. So that means she's putting money on his books. Maybe. So was Nate in love, or was Nate just playing this old lady? I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, so Nate's playing, or Nate done, you know, gave her everything Nate's got. Not much. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about making her feel good. <laughs> Nate gave it all to her. He ain't half her. He gave it all to her. And he like, I'm going to just play this old lady. Next thing you know, the lady slips up, tells Nate that her husband has an open relationship. He's got life insurance policy. Ex-husband. Ex-husband. Yeah. Well... Yeah, because you know what? It might, she might have been influenced because you know what? I was thinking about it when we were going through it. She's a plastic surgeon. Right. She has her own money. She don't really need anyone's life insurance. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think maybe Nate was giving it to her good. And now all of a sudden, Nate's in control because she she's it's just in little, over her head. Yeah, but it's just a little crazy because she could run out. Like when I think about the money that she has, the businesses she has. Mm-hmm. They got divorced, so obviously half of the businesses and profits all went to her. Right. She has her own, she has her own practice. She was a plastic surgeon at one point. She could be a plastic surgeon again. Right. And at some point, you know, did she really need his, did he need to die for her to run away? Or maybe he needed to die because maybe she didn't want to be that open relationship. Maybe she was stuck in that open relationship and stuck living with him and all. Because why does he got to die? Like, why can't she just leave him? She already divorced him. Right. She already, they already uh, are, they already divorced and they already are openly sleeping with other people. Yeah. She could just be out. So think about this. So I'm about to throw another twist at you. Oh gosh. So Donna reports, she calls hysterical. Donna reports that the killer was Finger Hut's gay ex-lover. Mm-hmm. Got a man involved, Nathaniel Jackson, who seems a frequent prison. Oh, he definitely seems gay to anybody who would say that. What if Nathaniel is the gay lover? I don't know. I don't think. I don't think there really is a gay lover. No, I don't think there's really a gay lover. I think she just said that to try to cover it up in a weird way. But so you don't think he's really gay? You think that she just said that to kind of throw? Throw the, a curveball yeah, at the cops to throw sure. him off the trail. Of course she did. And then you gotta think about it. 
she's on death row for this, for being just for being a accomplice to the murder. Of course, she's gonna try to say some stuff like that. Oh yeah, she's gonna die. Well, they're both gonna die. We were gonna get to that though. Oh okay, excuse me. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I think that was just like a twist in there. This Jewish woman. Yeah. Right, this Jewish woman. Jewish white woman. Ex-husband's now dead in the house. Successful. Yeah. What happened? Oh my God, he was gay. And trying to make it seem like it was... Yeah. You know, I feel like people throw out curveballs like, you know, someone being gay or some trail. secret to, to try, try to be to like... Yeah, like, it doesn't make it seem like crazy, more crazy. Yeah. That that man probably is not gay. Like, there's no, There was no need for that. Yeah. It could have been somebody killing him. Okay, so let's go on to some of the evidence. Talk about that. Okay. You got... Letters. I've never been in prison, but I've known some people that have been in prison. It's not even letters no more. You got the um, whole app. But that's what I'm saying. Is like, <laughs> so yeah, right. Yeah, now it's just like it's like text message. But you got letters. You got phone calls, which are recorded. The letters, I believe, were pre-screened prior to giving them to inmates. So they plan this through that process. But does it say that Jackson was arrested for the murder? Yeah, he's on death row also. Okay. So what made him? What made him think that? That's probably why they're getting death row. Writing it directly in letters and on the phone, basically planning a murder that they were going to get away with it. What made him even think that they were going to get away with it? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they thought they could get it done and get out and skip town before. But yet again, she called. So right. like. That was, it was just messy. I think it wasn't even thought through. I think it yeah. was very. Um, and it happened quick if you really think about it. But in one, in one of the letters, Jackson speaks of killing Fingerhut and he draws a tombstone that says R.I.P. Rest in piss. Ew. <laughs> so I'm assuming, little, I'm, assuming that, I'm assuming that he pissed on this man after he killed him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if he writes that letter, that's what he has to do, right? Do we have evidence that he pissed on? No, we don't. I'm, your I'm, mind is wild. You you probably right with Jackson thinking like that. <laughs> your mind is real wild. Now all of a sudden he's pissing on the dead I'm just, I'm, I There's facts here. I'm just reading the facts. No. He wrote the letter and it says, it says rest in piss. So tell me, what what do you think? Like, do you think death row is, is um, what's the word? Do you think death row is like appropriate for this case? Yeah, I I do. Um, well, yeah, I do. The, I I have a, a a opinion about death row that I don't really understand how like these these folks were sentenced to death row in two thousand and one, and it's they're just going to be put to death in two thousand and twenty. So nineteen years is a nineteen year span from being sentenced to death and then it actually being executed. Well, I think it's so severe that they have to take their time before they actually do it. I mean, I don't, I think. Do they? I think eighteen years is a long time. I mean, you're convicted of murder, found guilty, and sentenced to be put to death. It should happen that night. I think I think it does more more justice if they suffer a little bit and think about the fact that they're about to be killed. Right. You know. So I mean, as a I don't know. I think. I don't know. Like I said, 18 years is a little lengthy, but I don't know if they're going to kill him the next night. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that 
it's, I mean, I guess there should be time to appeal and all that stuff, which they did, but I just think that 18 years is, is extremely long. So let's, let's talk about the important part and a lot of the different parts of this. Was there any love even associated in any part of this? And by love, I mean, in any part, I mean from Finger Hut to Roberts. Oh, no. From Roberts to any of her other husbands. From, from Roberts to Finger Hut. Jackson to, to Roberts and vice versa. Was, was, was any of those folks even really in love? Or were they just all kind of playing a game? I mean, we can't really talk about the past two um, marriages because we don't even have any idea. No, I'm of... not even factoring them in. My, I'm saying finger hut to Roberts, Roberts to finger hut, Jackson to finger hut, and vice versa. I mean, Jackson to Roberts and vice versa. I mean, Roberts has to love. What's her husband's last name? Finger hut. To finger st- hut. To stay there. Just to not only. I mean, like, yeah, they got divorced. Depends on how you want to look at that. But they stayed living in the same house with an open relationship. Right. They definitely, their feelings were definitely not over. So you think that was her doing or was it his doing? I mean, like I said earlier, we, we don't know. Because he's not the one that got killed. He could have very well been making her feel stuck and hostage. She could have not wanted to be there. That's why she was wilding out, midlife crisis, gotta go get a young boy. Well, People do weird things like that when, they don't, when they're not happy. Like kill their husband? Well, kill their husband. <laughs> that's, that's considered weird. <laughs> I mean, I was more so speaking like the fact that she's 57 years old and all of a sudden... Oh, jumping out on a 29-year-old? Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't... That was a little, that was a little extra. <laughs> Jump out and down. Come on now. <laughs> I, um, I don't really know who I could say I was really in love, if there was any love really associated with it. My personal opinion is there was no love in the 29 to 57-year-old relationship. I believe they both thought that they could get something out of it. And um, and I believe that's where that was. I think, in my opinion, that Fingerhut might have could have been holding on to Roberts for one or two different things. Either he really was in love with her, or she was the financial stability for the 20... 20 years because they got married in 83 divorced shortly after but we're talking about 2001 now so they were in that open relationship but they were something because he made he made her um his beneficiary that's what i'm saying so you're talking 18 years that's what i'm saying you think about it. she's the beneficiary that's how i'm thinking that if anybody loved anybody it was him yeah. he'd end up getting smoked because he was in love Mm. Right, like yeah. that's that that. But I do think I mean I don't know. At the end of the day, they stayed in an open relationship. They had relations for all that time. Surely right. divorced and for up until two thousand one, we're still living and maybe still humping or whatever. Right. I still think that she even had to have really fell for this twenty nine year old kid because if I'm, I mean. I'm not doing this even if I'm in love. I would not plan my... I wouldn't plan my ex's death. I wouldn't plan that... I wouldn't let anybody plan that out. I wouldn't even be able to have the mental capacity. Like, she had to have been so mind-fucked that yeah. she did that. Yeah. Like, I feel like she really fell for this young boy because I feel like... I just know some... I just know these situations that there really be some old heads thinking that these young boys is really... That. Like, they're really it. And they're really gonna be with them and... 
They don't want no more. They don't want kids anyway. They know I can't have kids. They don't right. want kids. Like these relationships really do exist. And even her continuing the relationship when he was locked up. It it it, it actually got better. However the fuck that works, but. Cause I'm. Cause I mean. You're in jail. Like, what are you doing for me in jail? Because writing some nasty sex letter is not doing a damn thing for nobody. Maybe he was dropping the eggplant emojis to her. <laughs> Through the app. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just weird to me that, not even in this situation, but not to go off on a tangent, that anybody could be falling in love with somebody that's behind bars. But that's a conversation for an That's a whole different day. conversation, but... Yeah. He went shortly back to prison. I mean, the relationship couldn't have been that strongly built before he went back to prison, before he violated his parole. Right. So she really built a relationship off with somebody in prison. Right. You got to feel like it might not really be love, but she fell in love to do all that. She had to have. And plan her ex-husband's murder. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's you're in love for that. And now you're both going to die. And now y'all both behind bars in two separate facilities and you cannot speak at all. And maybe Jackson got caught in the middle of all that. Maybe he was really in love. But in my opinion, from what you're put, picking up and what I'm putting down, <laughs> two people fell in love in 1983. It didn't necessarily work out, but they tried to make something out of it. And in the end... Both of them are going to be dead earlier than they should have been. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't even imagine 29 years old being sentenced to death row. Right. I mean, 57. And right now, right now he's 40, 47 years old and he's going to be put to death in this time next year. Well, all because he wanted some old, some old yeah. I mean, she's in her like seventies now, so she's like whatever. Ugh, yeah, that's it's, still even it's, weird. It's for her, but he's still ve- relatively young, forty-seven years old. He already lost eighteen years of his life living, and now he's gonna lose it. What do you think? Letters said the letters, the mm-hmm. nasty ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think how a twenty-nine-year-old would talk in two thousand one <laughs> to a fifty-seven-year-old in two thousand one. A fifty-seven-year-old in two thousand one is. Is old and stuff in their very old ways. Yeah, she was born in nineteen forty four, like, like his mom and her mom couldn't drink out the same water fountain. Exactly. Yeah. Well, she looked. She kind of looked. He. She probably. She looked Spanish. Or but something. she wasn't though. I looked. I looked into it. She was yeah, very. She was very, she was very much white and very much Jewish, and he was very much. Now black. don't forget that she converted to Judaism in, um, Miami randomly. Yeah. So we don't really know what type of Jew she was. Well, she was obviously a Jew that loves young black men. That don't really sound like a Jew to me. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Uh, Not at and all. and also just the plastic surgeon kind of threw me off too. Yeah, she lived a wild life. Yeah, her life was a little scattered. Yeah. Even for her to have three marriages, like the way at the time that she grew up, you weren't having three marriages. Like her first marriage was she was divorced in two years. Right. That's no five. That's not often. No. And in, and in the 80s? Yeah, that's It was weird. rare. So. Yeah, she was a rare kind. Yeah. But I mean, now she's got to die. Yep. So there you have it. This has been your first episode of the Dangerous Love Podcast. Thanks for listening. There will be another episode dropped next Sunday and every Sunday following. 
please look us up on Anchor Podcast. We're also on Spotify, trying to get on every other platform. Um, this is a Not Up For Debate production, so you can also follow every single one of those pages on every platform, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and also every podcast app. And also nu4d.com information for both podcasts will be listed on there weekly. Um, Subscribe so you get all the information first. We will see you or hear you next week.